So, this is the self-development with tactics. Book. So, hello and welcome back to the next episode of the self-development with tactics. Fucking podcast. <laughs> Actually, which is definitely something that I've been thinking about quite often, um, quite lately or recently, um, which is if if my podcast is actually explicit or if it is clean. But I kind of think like, you know, it is more explicit than anything else because I'm swearing the fucking all the time, which is, and I don't know, you know, if there are any consequences, if I have not, you know, kind of showing it as, yeah, it is not for everyone, maybe just younger viewers might be a little bit, little bit confused by it or whatever. I don't know if this is something that's, you know, I don't know, um, the government or, or, you know, the platform itself, actually, which would be more obvious, um, if they're just, you know, doing anything against this or about this, or, you know, if it's way in anyways, or, oh, yeah. But um, as you can see in the background, this is the second part of Zero to One by, uh, I don't know, unfortunately. Let's look this up. Faster, faster. By uh, Peter Thiel. Yeah. And the last time we stopped with um, PayPal and Future Profits, which was basically all about um, why he thought like, okay, yeah, PayPal would be... Um, yeah, would be making a lot of money by 2011, um, you know, but at the end, it was actually 2020, <clears throat> uh, where PayPal's value will come from, uh, yeah, the majority of PayPal's value. Uh, so this disclosed that the majority of PayPal's value will come from 2020 and beyond. Yeah. Because every fucking company is just evolving. There's nothing you can do against it. Yeah, maybe some companies are just evolving quicker because they have the money or the employees or the technology. Um, but I think at the end, companies will eventually grow or hopefully grow if you're owning the company. But sometimes I think, yeah, um, some of the higher staffs aren't doing that well. And therefore the, the fucking company goes down or actually it's the CEO's fault or the, the founder's fault or whoever is in charge of the whole company itself, actually. But we will go ahead with characteristics. And I think it was a good point that I kind of stopped there because um, there are a few examples and I didn't really want to have them all in uh, in the other episode because, you know, there was you know enough in the other episode and therefore I just decided that it would be a great idea to quite have the characteristics and all these examples in one episode that it's clear and people do not have to just, um, yeah, kind of watch another episode because they only want to know this certain sentence that I've left out. But yeah, so Teal describes companies that bring in large cash flows in the future as sharing the following characteristics. The first one is... Uh, <laughs> the fuck again, again, such words that I'm not able to pronounce... Uh, proprietary, proprietary technology, like appropriate, is it the same thing, like without the A, so appropriate, is it, I fuck myself, <laughs> so appropriate technology, making your product almost impossible to copy, definitely a good point, and for example, Apple is just doing this thing, you know, you have your 
um, iOS devices and no other fucking smartphone um, smartphone company or smartphone producer has the ability to you know have the same operating system because it's their operating system and therefore you know they might be uh, kind of copying the specs of the smartphone so the um, actual you know used materials and uh, you know what you know Apple just has used for uh, building the actual iPhone but um, you can never ever just you know copy the uh, operating system which is definitely a plus for Apple. The second one is network effects. This means that a product is increasingly useful the more people use it. Think Facebook. Yeah, totally. And this makes sense. And I think this is the um, the most important, uh, but not not really most important. But um, one of the things that might you know come to your mind when uh, you just think about social media uh, platforms in general or in general apps, I would say also, because most of the apps which kind of um, have something to do with online things like if it's games if it's something else um, often they do just have to have a certain amount of people actually using this kind of platform and without these kind of people and without the the early birds or um, yeah the quite early birds which are actually the people who are you know the first ones who are actually trying out your platform your app or whatever you're producing and um yeah, I do think this is quite often the case that you just need a base audience to to grow your uh, your platform. The third one is economics, economics of scale. When businesses get stronger as they get bigger, software startups are a great example because the cost of creating a copy of the product is practically zero. So the so when the business gets stronger as they get bigger. Yeah, definitely. And I think in, in software, it's just, you know, an immense growth. You know, if you do just have one product or one certain thing you're doing, one certain software you're doing, you only need to do it once and you can sell it all the fucking time. And if it's something that's, you know, innovating or an innovation kind of, or just a new, te new technology, or it makes something easier, which, you know, should be the case if it's a, if it's, if it's, um, you know, your company idea or your business idea, because doing something that a lot of people just, you know, as well are doing and they're doing it so well that you will never be able to kind of, um, surpass them would not be a great idea because, you know, most of the people will just stick to the other ones and not to you because you're a newcomer and, you know, they have the trust in the other ones. And the fourth one is branding. And branding, at my point of view, is definitely pretty fucking important. And it has also something to do with trust, you know, um, and status. Trust and status, I would say, because why do so much people buy Apple products? Um, yeah, first of all, okay, you know, the MacBook or the iMacs or the computers in general, and they have a great operating system and you can work with them, you know, fairly great. Um, it's just an amazing experience, I think. It's just an amazing workflow. And therefore, I would say, you know, a lot of people just buy these products because they, you know, can be used quite well and they can be used for what they need them. But often I also think that a lot of people who are just, you know, quite having an iPhone because just because of having an iPhone, um, they only do it because of status and or just, just um, kind of trust but more status than trust. You know, you just know these people. I definitely, I definitely sure that you know these people who are basically only texting and using, I don't know, WhatsApp or, you know, Instagram and all these things. And actually they just, you know, bought themselves the newest iPhone, even though they had a good one before and it doesn't make any sense that they have a new one. You know, you definitely know these people and I 
kind of misunderstand them or do not understand them because, um, you know, I'm such a person, I'm quite having pretty old shit for a long time, which you totally can see. I'm using the iPhone 5S, you know, actually right now for for making the audio or using as a as a microphone and you know it works great i don't need a microphone i don't need a new phone even though it's fairly slow and it is pissing me off quite often um it's just a lot of money that i would just use for just having something that small or buying something that small i understand that you know people who have the money will just totally buy it because it you know they don't care um and also at my point of view I can understand business people and um, you know people they um, who are just in a hurry all the time because it is important to be the fastest one. It makes sense for me because um, just having an older device makes you a little bit slower. You know, uh, I would be definitely a little bit a little bit faster if I had a newer device. But um, for me, it's like you know I don't want to just you know pay for it. If I get it for free, totally I would just take it. But you know I do not want to pay it. Thiel explains that the first move advantage is when you are first to the market and you have the opportunity to gain market share while the competitors are still rushing to get started. However, Thiel explains that moving first is not necessarily the end goal. It's a tactic. The goal should be generating cash flow and you can be the last mover and still take over. The key is to find a niche market and scale it up. And that's totally right. You know, it doesn't have to be like, you know, you're the first in the market and you're like, <clears throat> pretty establishing the market that has that hasn't to be the case because often it is like you know certain companies and i think quite often startups they get in a certain niche markets and they are so good and they have so, such a great product that they just grow and they will scale up and scale up and scale up until they're just a pretty fucking great company you know um even though you quite often see that um the uh, companies that are you know or were established a few years ago and that are pretty pretty fucking popular right now are actually all of them are quite companies that were established in a market that hasn't been existing before um if you just look at uber you know there wasn't something like this before yeah there were taxis or taxis and you know other kind of vehicles and whatever but um not 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 in such a way and apple uh, with their smartphones i think they were the actual first ones who had a smartphone and the iPod and so on and so therefore they just you know created their market and created their brand through other technology and you know totally Bill Gates and and Microsoft they kind of established and um, yeah I would even say kind of established the uh, personal computer even though um, the first personal computer was actually from IBM if I remember correctly which was in in the 1960s I think if I'm correct. I think so. I think so. But yeah, let's go ahead with money. And uh, I do have seen that there are quite a lot, of, uh, a lot of... Do you even see it? Great. I could actually zoom in a little bit more and actually... Or do it like this. Because then you can actually see me a little better. And I will... Thank you. Yeah, I think you can see it a little bit better like this. Um, but where did it stop? We will talk about money. So this is the next kind of chapter or the next part of this book summary. And yeah, so are you an optimist or a pessimist? Thiel talks about one perspective on the future as taking one, 
So Thiel talks about one's perspective on the future as taking one of four possible views. And that's totally the thing, you know, and this, you know, definitely, which, you know, it's quite the same thing as the subheadline. If you're an optimist, you will totally think like, yeah, you know, I will have a lot of money. I'm sure that I have the skills and my skills are good enough and whatever. But if you're a pessimist, you definitely think like, okay, um, I'm not good enough. I won't make the money and so on. But I'm quite quite surprised that there are four because I'm actually just pointed out to one. So yeah, but what I, what I wanted to say initially just before, um, after or before I stopped actually, um, there are quite a lot of... Uh, great insights in this books in this book um, or just a lot of great uh, how should I say infographics or graphics in general and you can definitely see one just um, beneath I think um, but yeah so you can also expect the, f- the future to be either better or worse than the present optimists welcome the future pessimists fear it I definitely fucking welcome the fucking future because I'm, you know, this is something I I might be talking about quite often in the next few episodes and I have been talking about it. It is um, that I'm so fucking pumped to see what the future looks like, you know, just just in terms of technology. I'm not pretty looking forward to seeing the earth melt down or melting down. This is totally not something that I kind of... Uh, that I'm kind of looking for, but I just want to see, okay, there are autonomous cars and there is um, cars that are powered by actual, not electricity, but through um, water, you know, H, only H in, in chemistry, not, no, it is H2, so therefore it's just, you know, like like oxygen is like hydrogen, is it like this? Hydrogen, hydrogenic cars. Is it this expression? I don't know. But um, I'm pretty looking. I'm pretty much looking forward to just see. Yeah, are there flying cars? Are there not flying cars? And therefore, I'm actually pretty fucking glad glad that I'm so um, that I'm so young. Actually, you know, I'm I'm very young. You know, even though a lot of people might think, yeah, I'm I'm actually 18 right now. Being 18 is quite not that young anymore because um, in my country in Austria I'm actually an adult right now, so I can drink, I can smoke, I can basically do whatever I want. Um, the thing is, this just makes you feel a little older than it is actually as a number. But um, the thing is, which is something that I've um, kind of adopted from Gary V, is that if you just double the number of your age, which for me then would be uh, 63, I guess. Yeah, if I was, no, 36, sorry, 36, if I was 36 right now, this would be the exact same amount of time or amount of years that I've been living until now, and to just see, okay, you know, I've been, um, yeah, I've been doing such a lot of things in these 18 years, and what will come next, what will come in the next 18 years, and you definitely can then see that you have such a lot of time left. It is such a lot of time, and when I'm 36, you know, then even everything starts, actually, you know. Or is it 36? Fuck it. Yeah, 36. <laughs> Not a dumb motherfucker. Um, so 36, actually, um, which is definitely nothing, you know. I'm, I'm not even 40, you know, makes sense, but um, I'm not fucking old even if I just double my age, you know, and then you can actually see, okay, there is a fucking lot of time left for me, and there's just, you know, a lot that I will be experiencing in the next 18 years, and because you just have a feeling for what you have been or what you were able to experience in the past 18 years or, you know, in terms of me. But let's actually just have a look on this great graphic. So we have... 
Um, it is a two row, two row and two. Um, so it's, it's like a a, a dice, um, but not three men, three dimensional, but two dimensional. And you do have three rows and uh, two rows and two other things. I do not know what they are called. So and there is an indicator of definite and indefinite and optimistic and pessimistic. An optimistic and definite would be the US in the 1950s to the 1960s and indefinite would be the US in 1982 to the present. Pessimistic would be China, pessimistic and definite would be China in the present and pessimistic and indefined or indefined, indef, indefined, in the finite. So definite, indefinite. <laughs> Such a... You know, I don't know what's wrong. And um, which would be Europe in the present. Okay, so the indefinite pessimism, someone who sees a poor future and has no idea how to change this. This is definitely a situation in life or a situation for uh, um, a country even that is fucking fucked. You know why? Because if you can't even see how you will just manage to change your kind of way and you totally can see your way that it won't you know won't be that good in the future this is really fucked you know and you should definitely go out of this station go out of this position and move yourself to another one which i think i will will read quite now so the definite pessimism is someone who knows the future is bleak and as a result will be prepared for this this is actually the the move you want to do is you know moving for the from the indefinite pessimism to the definite pessimism because um yeah just being like you know i don't know what i should do and dwelling around and whatever doesn't make first of all any sense because you know it doesn't make any change it won't get you to another place it won't make you you know any better at something if you're dwelling about you know not being good at something and on the other hand um it's just a fucked up place to be you know just don't be in this place just um, try to be able to kind of see how you can manage to kind of change the future uh, in a way that you like it again. The definite optimism is someone who believes that the future will be better, but only if you work hard for it. And the indefinite optimism is someone who believes in a better future, but without knowing exactly how. I think in terms of the optimism, actually both are quite great. You know, if you're an optimist, it's definitely something that's good at my point of view even though you know maybe in some situations it might not be the best thing to be you know if you're really extreme in it and you're just looking you know yeah but hmm. the thing is something that i've learned and something that i've been emphasizing as well and something that i've been quite absorbing and, and using for my life and that you know kind of implementing in life in my life is that um if you focus on certain things you will get certain things if it's um, positivity or negativity doesn't care or doesn't matter because you know if you just focus on the negativity and the negative things you will definitely get negative things in your life therefore um is actually everything okay yeah i think so um therefore just you know looking at the positive sides and the positive effects and the positive things of life is definitely good or definitely the better one than just, you know, looking at the bad things because you then only just see the good things, you know, all the bad things you won't even recognize. Um, but um, I quite think, and this is what I feel, I do not have an example right now, but I quite think that only being an optimist and being like, you know, quite optimistic for every single situation, 
I don't know if this is really the key. You know, I think there is some kind of thing like, okay, this is a good optimism and this is a bad optimism in terms of not being naive or kind of blind, but actually only, you know, optimistic. But yeah. Or could you even be, never mind, follow the money. <laughs> so the power law becomes visible when you follow the money. In venture capital, where where investors try to profit from exponential growth in early stage companies, a few companies attain exponentially greater value than all others. Thiel uses one of the one of his organization's uh, founders fund to illustrate this concept. Facebook was their all-time best investment with results better than all of the other investments combined. And Palantir again is expected to have similar similar results, although second although second still to Facebook. The concept that a single successful investment can outdo the combination of all of your of all other investments, Thiel explains is venture capital. Okay. So Thiel explains that technically everyone is an investor and therefore the power law is relevant to everyone. Any time spent working on a startup is technically an investment. Anybody who considers themselves as an entrepreneur, someone, who, someone investing the time, needs to consider if and when the startup will provide returns. Again, anyone who chooses a career is investing in the assumption that the work performed will, in the future, be valuable in the future. That's definitely a good point that he makes. And he definitely kind of also says, on the other hand, that if you're just really, you know, conscious about, okay, this company or this work that I'm doing or um, this startup isn't doing me anything good in the next, I don't know, 20 years even. You know, it always depends on you and your situation, um, you know, when you just expect some great returns or even at least some returns. Uh, but I think sometimes it is definitely a long-term uh long-term journey quite or a long-term game and therefore just being conscious about about it and actually you know adopting your way of just you know kind of doing your life and and you know quitting is 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 just the way to go at my point of view and this was you know this is exactly the same thing that Seth Godin in his book um the dip was um, telling you and telling me and I've been actually talking about this on this episode as well or you know on one episode and on this podcast as well um, and it is fucking great you know it is quick read and there is a lot in it and I think um, this is something because um, you know I've always been thinking about like about quitting like you know it is something bad it is something you shouldn't do you should always just give your best and try to kind of solve the problem and try hard and you know whatever but the thing is if you just really see that this company or whatever you're doing isn't giving you any return in your expected kind of time span or time period, then you should totally do something else. And there are so many options, there's definitely something you can do. This is the good thing about life and about the internet as well, or especially about the internet. We have so many opportunities. You know, we all have so many. And, you know, you could be here in my position doing the podcast right now if you're just listening to this. You know, everybody's everybody is kind of able to just establish their company online and you know do something else if it's if the other thing isn't just fitting your life or fitting um quite what what you want in the next few episodes i hopefully will have some water as well because you know on, on a few episodes i was actually pretty much struggling with my voice and you can definitely hear it a little bit you know, not that clean as it should be, 
um, this is, you know, what happens to me if I'm not sleeping as much as I should. You know, I immediately, immediately get some slimy things in my whole system. And this is not great. This is not good. But I just know, okay, if I just sleep um, more than five hours a fucking day, then, you know, everything regulates itself and everything will be good at the end, you know. Um, but the thing is, um, just quite look out for that. Do not just, you know, risk your health because you you want to do something so bad. Because at the end, if you don't have any health and, you know, if you're completely fucked, you can do not do anything. You can't do, you know, this, the smallest thing for your company or for your future company or for just the thing that you want to do. Um, if it's just for like, okay, you know, I will just do this and, you know, every single day you're going to bed at 1am and getting up at 5am again and, you know, whatever. So this has a few suggestions from anyone starting their own company. The first one is Teal has a few suggestions. Sorry. The first one is one market will outperform the others. Definitely. And um, there are the main markets like uh, health, health, wealth, and uh, it might be technology, but I'm not sure. And the second one is one distribution path will also op- outperform the others. At my point of view, and there are quite a lot distribution paths totally, but I think you should actually be combining. You should not only be using the internet alone, um, you know, as a distribution or just, you know, marketing thing is, you know, quite the same as just distribution, I think. Let's see. Um, yeah, quite. So not using one single thing is for me the key because I kind of believe in not having your eggs in one basket. I'm just looking at diversity and, you know, being, you know, just diversifying everything in my life so that I'm not just, um, you know, that I'm not quite fucked if anything breaks down um, so that I can be like, okay, you know, I still have all these five other things and these will just save me anyways. And the third thing is consider time and decision making as someone of these as some of these are more relevant and matter more than others. Yeah, totally. Um, Time is something that's pretty precious and decision-making is also something that you should be good at. I'm not not that good at it because um, I tend to not make any decisions in my fucking life because I I hate making decisions, actually, which is kind of not something a leader should do or a leader, uh, leader should um, have have as a character trait, but um, I think I could just work on it, but um, it is quite hard for me, and this is definitely something that I have to work on, and that I have to just, um, you know, I have to just look at it, and just try to understand why I'm doing this, and I think this will make a lot better, yeah, so you can't trust a world that denies the power law to accurately frame uh, your decisions for you. So what's most important is rarely obvious. It might even be a secret, but in a power law world, you can't afford not to think hard about where your actions will fall on the curve. Secrets and foundations. According to Thiel, there are two different kinds of... Or is it actually Thiel? Because it is and TH. But never mind. It's For me, it's Thiel because it sounds better. And I don't know. <laughs> so there are two different kinds of secrets in our world. The first kind of secret is one of nature, and in order to uncover them, you must study the natural world and discover something new. The second kind of secret is about people. There are either things that are consciously hidden by people themselves, or something that even they do not know about themselves. Thiel says that 
Uh, when deciding what kind of startup you want to begin, consider the secrets that nature isn't telling you and the ones that people aren't telling you. And if you can uncover these secrets, you can find answers. The thing is, I think that uh, he is just willing to tell you is you should actually be doing something um, that's solving a problem. Um, if it is actually something that nature is practically hiding from us and you are solving this problem, um, then yeah, you will definitely have a great company if it is something worthwhile. You know, if you're just, I don't know, uncovering the secret why stones are not round, all, you know, not every stone is round. I do not know if so much people are interested in it and, you know, want to get associated with it or even want to work for you. But if it's really something that is, you know, kind of uh, uh, precious for us and has a kind of worth, it is totally a good business idea because people will come and people will work for you and you will get your investors and your, you know, practically your fucking company will be um, a hit quite. And in terms of people... I do not know. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's, you know, some people who are just really famous or really rich, you know, they all have their secrets. And if you just really can uncover their secrets and how they're living their life and, and whatever and just get a lot of great informations, then you could practically write a book or you just, you know, could make a website or a YouTube channel or a podcast as well. And um, therefore, you're just solving maybe another one's problem as well, because you know the informations or you have the informations from a person who actually made it in this area of life or made it in life in general. Build a foundation. Thiel considers the following things as absolutely essential when starting a business or a startup. He thinks that they are so important that those close to him call these Thiel's, Thiel's law. Okay, actually pretty... Pretty, pretty fucking uh, interesting. A startup messed up uh, at its foundation cannot be fixed. As a founder, your first job is to get the first things right because you cannot build a great company on a flawed foundation. And that's the same thing with every single building. You know, if your building has a fucked up foundation and a fucked up base, everything will be fucked that you're putting on this fucking <laughs> fundamental. You know, it makes sense, but um, I think... A lot of things in life are like this. You know, it's also the same with knowledge. You just have to have some kind of basic knowledge to actually understand um, the other ones and, you know, the more complex situations or problems or whatever you're learning. Um, founding mat matri matrimony? Matrimony? So founding matrimony. The very first decision is who your co-founder is going to be. This is someone you will share a lot a lot with you need to have history and know that you can work together teal goes as far as to to liken this as to choosing a husband or wife so teal goes as far as to liken this as to choose or as to choosing a husband or wife um, makes sense i do not think that it is working for every husband or every wife because you know it will create a lot of tension definitely you know it's a it's a company and it's not all about you know your family and your children and your uh, kind of relationship it is you know quite often about trust you know it should be the way uh, it is quite about your company and just having your spouse in this company i think is not a great idea i don't think so Ownership, possession, and control. You need to establish who, uh, who, a, owns the company, in brackets, ownership, 
and B, who manages the day-to-day -day running, the possession, and C, who looks after the company's affairs, in brackets, control, it's important to acknowledge that this is likely uh, three different people. Yeah, then it's the, uh, what is it called? The, the DEO is the design executive officer. The CEO is, um, then there would be the manager, the MEO. And what is the other one? This, you know, CEO, I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. So on the bus or off the bus, Teal believes uh, it is important that everyone involved in the startup is a full-timer for your company. There are exceptions, for example, lawyers, but as a rule, ensure that everyone is a regular. Cash is not king. Teal points out that cash is about the now and not about the future. It does nothing to encourage workers to work hard and create value for the company's future. A cash bonus is likely better than a cash salary, and at least it's contingent on a job well done. But even so-called incentive pay encourages short-term thinking and value grabbing. But even so-called incentive pay encourages are short-term thinking and value grabbing. Yeah, totally makes sense. You know, just, you know, giving your fucking employees so that they do not left your fucking company a little bit more money, I think, isn't the way to go. You should actually be like, okay, um, creating a great space so that they actually like to work um, at your company in terms of the surrounding, in terms of um, how it feels like working for you, in terms of actually you being a good boss or a good founder or a good leader. Um, and on the other hand, um, maybe even have having great colleagues because some of them might be shit or, or whatever. You know, there are a lot of factors and there are a lot of things to, to watch out. Um, vested interests. It doesn't have to be all about good salary when it comes to startups. Having equity in the company is an effective way to reward people and keep them involved. Yeah, totally. You know, if they own a little bit of your fucking company, they will definitely be working a little bit harder on it because they... Um, yeah, they're actually working for themselves and they're working for their own success. And, you know, therefore, I think it is quite difficult for a founder or a CEO or just, you know, a business owner to quite give their employees the, the, the same kind of empathy or the same kind of energy to actually be working on this company because it's not theirs. It is your company and it is definitely, you know, it makes sense that you're passionate about it and you're passionate about what you're doing. But, you know, it doesn't have to be the case for everyone because, as I said, it's not their business. Um, extending the, the founding. Establish the rules at the very beginning. When you found the company, make it clear what the rules are so everyone involved is on the same page. Definitely, I think, and this, is as, this has something to do with communication. And communication as such is pretty difficult, first of all, to understand and to kind of, um, yeah, to, to kind of use it and uh, consciously use it and consciously use it, using it the right way. Because there are so many factors, internal, external, um, there might be some misunderstandings and some um, wrong, I don't know, some wrong options or wrong decisions made because it's just what communication is like. You know, sometimes there are th flaws or sometimes there are just failures and or, or fails or mistakes. And it's, I think, totally normal. But if it's, you know, kind of um, becoming quite a lot and it's kind of um, becoming overwhelming for the company or for the CEO or for the people, then you definitely have to think about your communication or your kind of communication. Building culture. 
A company doesn't have a culture, it is a culture. Thiel talks about how everyone at PayPal in the early days was nerdy and shared a love for science fiction. It became their culture, regardless of age, race, gender, looks. As long as everyone loved science fiction, then they fit in just fine. Thiel encourages handling your staff as individuals and making them unique in their role and responsibilities. Therefore, if they are uh, solely responsible for one task, then they can easily be assessed and evaluated. This strategy worked for Teal as a way of simplifying the management process. However, it can create uh, unease as employees compete for the same responsibilities. Watch out for this particular, particularly in startups. Teal warns as roles uh, are a lot more fluid in the beginning, it is important to define who is responsible for what and how this will be assessed. Will I go on? I think... Where's the conclusion? There's the conclusion. So it's about one, two, three, four, four left. Um, and therefore, I think uh, this is actually it. This is actually it with this episode. But I still quite a, quite feel like um, you know a little bit speaking again, and I do just have to see myself to see if everything is okay. Um, yeah, I hope as always that you know you got something out of this um, out of this episode. I think in terms of talking, which was something that I've been you know dwelling around a little bit in the past, and I've always kind of um, pointed it out in the episodes as well that it wasn't going that good and or it wasn't going that well that or as well as I wanted it to go. But today it was actually quite fine, and I'm quite satisfied with um, the the um, result I just generated or the product that I've just generated. Um yeah, I quite always, um, yeah, and I do hope that I will not have any problems with this anymore. Um, maybe it was also just because I wasn't sleeping enough and because I um, haven't had that much energy left or I didn't have that much um, nerves for doing the episodes every single day and, you know, just sitting there. And it's not because it's not fun, because, um, yeah, sometimes... There are just hard things and sometimes even though you like it, um, you don't like it certain days. And I think that's totally normal. You know, at my point of view, there's nothing you could be doing every single day, the whole time, the whole time long for, for you know, every single day, as I said. You know, um, sometimes you just don't feel like it, but then if it is something that is just really making you happy, you know, um, you know, or was making you happy, then just, you know, push through it. Because um, these are just some times and some time periods where, you know, some things might change or you subconsciously kind of ask yourself, you know, if this is actually the right thing you should be doing, which was actually the same thing for me because I was thinking like, you know, shouldn't I do something else? Should I do something in terms of sports? Is the self-development and the finances and, you know, the economics and, you know, whatever I'm talking about all the time, is this really the thing that I should be talking about? Is this what I'm actually, um, yeah, can I actually bring value to people because I'm not seeing any results yet? And, um, yeah, so there are two things that I always just have to remind myself on, which is the first one is um, being patient. And this kind of plays in the hands of the other just statement I did. Because there is quite nobody, you know, actually one person that is actually listening to the podcast and quite nobody who is actually um, quite watching the videos. But 
I understand that this is just a matter of time. You know, a lot of people just started out out with a few videos, and um, some some of them just made only a, f a f few a, a few videos, and because they were so great and they were so you know well produced and everything was great about them, they just you know got the leverage or got the audience or you know got that um, amount or that number of audience so quickly just because the product is pretty good and, and therefore yeah i'm also asking myself is my product actually you know good enough should i do something else um should i do it in another way should my episodes be shorter actually um there are so many questions you know totally and um but i think it is also important to not be uh yeah crippling yourself because um you can totally think about certain things and you know uh, how life is going the whole time you can but Does it make sense to just, you know, dwell around and think all the fucking time? I think not. Not particularly. Um, just thinking and asking yourself questions is fucking important. And you should definitely be doing it a lot more often. Because I kind of think like um, this can just show you, show you a lot of things that you are not recognizing, um, you know, otherwise. Um, because you are asking yourself, for example, you know, uh, is this length of the episode actually good enough or should I actually do it a little bit shorter and then you can just you know search for things or search for indicators or search for quite answers uh, some things that I have found is that uh, podcasts in general tend to be a little longer and therefore I decided okay I will just do a little longer videos um, because the video itself is also the podcast and therefore I quite have to do it because it is the podcast and the podcast as such are Most often, you know, not all the podcasts and some of them are pretty short actually, but, you know, most of the time they are, they are quite long and, um, yeah, but so, so, you know, and you just understand hopefully that by asking you questions, you can see a lot of things, um, or just, you know, for example, why did I judge him, you know, didn't I like his style or, and, you know, if it is like this, um, you know, doesn't it make sense? That I'm not liking his style and therefore not liking him, you know. Why is why is he doing or she doing it? Why is he or she wearing that extraordinary stuff? You know, there are quite a lot of questions and good questions, valuable questions that you can ask yourself to kind of, I think, even improve your life. But yeah, and there's just some siren going... Is it a siren? Some alarm going outside of me, so outside of my... A window in the outside in front of my house actually it, it, it's one of a car actually hmm. interesting maybe i will just look after other defense out of the window quite afterwards but um i think this is actually it with the episode i hope you got something out of it and yeah i still wish you the success the happiness the um so the <laughs> health wealth happiness I hope you're giving back something because as you know this is important and I hope you have a great legacy and um, that you are so fucking happy that um, yeah that you just love your life and appreciate and be grateful for everything you're having and with that being said I wish you a wonderful day or night actually <laughs>